Well, good morning and welcome to another online service here at Connect Church. My name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors and I'm very glad that you're tuning in this morning. I trust and pray that you're feeling well physically, emotionally, and even after our time together, you'll be feeling well spiritually also. I want to kick off our time together by asking you a question. Do you have any idea what the most commonly repeated statement in the entire Bible is? Do you know what the Bible says more often than anything else in its pages? The thing the Bible says most has nothing to do with faith or prayer or God or money or anything like that. The thing the Bible commands us more than any other is this, do not be afraid. It's true. That is the number one command that's given to us in the scripture. In fact, it's been pointed out that do not be afraid is said 365 times in the Bible, exactly the number of days as there are in a year, except for leap year, you know, leap day, you can freak out a little bit. Okay. But do not be afraid is one of the, the most commonly repeated statements in the Bible. Now, why is that? I was surprised the first time someone pointed it out to me. I kept wondering why would God say so often, do not be afraid. Over the years, I've come to realize that the reason God so often says do not be afraid is because we live in a world in which there are so many things to be afraid of, don't we? When you're a kid, you're afraid of the dark. When you're in university, you're afraid you won't find a job when you graduate. You know, secretly, I'm afraid that my dog loves my wife more than me. We've all got fears, and fears don't make us bad people. They don't make us weak Christians. In fact, fears are a natural response to things that happen in life that we're not expecting. And we've got a whole bunch of new fears today, don't we? In the space of a few short weeks, our economy, our health, life as we know it has been threatened by the COVID outbreak. And so we're all facing brand new threats and brand new fears. And I think it's totally normal if you're feeling a bit anxious today over things and where they're headed. But can I give you some good news? Even if we feel afraid, we don't have to live in fear. We're kicking off a new series this morning. The title's here on the screen. It's called What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. I love this because I think all of us are in this position right now. We don't really even know what we're supposed to do moving forward. We've all got questions like, man, when is this outbreak going to end? And how bad is it going to get? And am I going to keep my job? What about my kids? How am I going to keep them entertained and alive for the next three months in my house? You might wonder if you have the virus or if you're going to catch the virus. You might even be thinking like, you know, what what is this going to do to my relationship with God? We've all got questions and anxieties about things that are going on. And the truth is, I don't have answers for your specifics any more than you do. But what I can give you is a little bit of encouragement from the Bible so that you can know what to do when you don't know what to do. In order to uh, help you to understand what to do when you don't know what to do, I want to point you towards a story in the scripture. This comes from Mark chapter number five, and this is an interaction between Jesus and a man named Jairus. Jairus comes to Jesus and his life is falling apart. He's in a very desperate set of circumstances, and he comes bringing a lot of fears to Jesus. But the words that Jesus says to him and the things that Jesus does for him, I believe can give you a great deal of encouragement with whatever worry and fear you're carrying around today. So let's read the passage here. It's Mark chapter number five. We're going to start reading in verse number 22. 
So the scripture says, Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. Jairus has a daughter. We'll find out in a moment. She's 12 years old. She's very, very sick. In fact, sick to the point of death. If you're a parent, you can understand how desperate he must have felt, how many fears he must have been carrying. I mean, his world is shattering all around him. And in a, in a circumstance in which he's completely out of control, he has nothing that he can do to make this any better, he comes to Jesus and says, if there's anything you can do to help me, I'm asking you, please save my daughter. Now we go on and read here in verse 24 that Jesus went with him, went back to Jairus' house, and all the people followed, crowding around him. We jump down to verse 35, but the Bible tells us just then messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter has died. There's no use troubling the teacher now. For Jairus, his situation goes from bad to much, much worse. His fears go from probably a six or a seven all the way to a 10 or an 11. I mean, he is just broken and things are really spiraling out of control for him. But I want you to notice what Jesus' response is to Jairus in verse number 36. But Jesus overheard this message that was delivered. And he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Instead, have faith. Jairus is in a circumstance in which he's experiencing nothing but fear. Life is out of his control. He doesn't know what to do. And Jesus calls him to set aside his fear and instead to live in faith. Jesus calls him not to give in to a spirit of fear, but instead to choose a spirit of faith. Can I tell you something? Fear is what we feel when we realize we are not in control. That's all fear is. It's the realization that you and I really are not in control of anything. And on the other hand, faith is what we feel when we recognize that God is always in control. Fear is what we feel when we realize that we are not in control. Faith is what we feel when we recognize that God is always in control. You know, Jairus is feeling a great deal of fear because he can't control the situation he finds himself in. And I think a lot of people in our world today are experiencing a great deal of fear because they are recognizing now that they're not in control. Till this viral outbreak happened, we could kind of operate under the illusion that we were in control of things, that we were the masters of our own destiny and we could make plans for the future. And as long as we worked hard and we did the right things, there would be nothing that could change that. But you know, this viral outbreak has proven to us that we're not actually in control of anything. And so the emotion or the response that we experience is fear because suddenly our eyes are opened to the, to the reality of our situation. Now, I don't know what specific fears you're carrying around today. Maybe you're afraid for your health. Maybe you're afraid for your kids or the economy or your relationship with God. Can I challenge you to recognize that those things are no more or no less under your control than they were a month ago? 
You are no more or no less in control than you were just a few weeks ago because we have never been in control. The reality is God in heaven is the one who's sovereign. He is the one who has always been in charge of what's happening. And for a long time, we've been able to operate under the illusion that we were in control of things, but now we're forced to recognize that we're not. But the good news is God is. Fear is what we experience when we realize we're not in control. Faith is what we recognize or what we feel rather when we recognize that God is in control. So let me challenge you to do what Jairus did. That is that when your life feels like it's completely out of control and you don't have any idea what to do, the best thing you can do is to turn to Jesus. When life is out of your control, turn to the one who is always in control. So Jairus goes to Jesus. Jesus tells him, listen, the answer to your fears is faith. In verse number 37, the story goes on. Jesus stopped the crowd and he wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. These are three of his apostles. The Bible says when he came to the home of the synagogue leader Jairus, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and he asked, why is all this commotion and weeping happening? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because of what he said. He made all of them leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was laying. Holding her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and amazed. Yeah, I bet they were. They had just experienced an incredible miracle. You see, Jesus called Jairus to answer his fears with faith. And Jairus came to realize something that you and I should take to heart, that faith can accomplish things in our life that fear cannot. If we give in to a spirit of fear, we will be frozen in place. We will believe that the the world is crashing down around us and that we have no hope at all. But if we can respond in faith, like Jesus says we should, then we can see God do wonderful, incredible, miraculous things, even in the middle of difficult circumstances. Now, all of our world today is dealing with this faith versus fear dichotomy, aren't they? Everybody is having to choose whether or not they will respond in fear or in faith. You might be wondering, well, Dan, how do I know if I'm responding in fear or if I'm responding in faith? Well, I can help you to figure it out by looking to science. You see, scientists tell us that if we find ourselves in a scary situation, if fear strikes us for some reason, then our minds and our bodies will respond in one of three ways. We will either respond with fight, flight, or freeze. Perhaps you remember hearing those in school or on the Discovery Channel. When our adrenaline response kicks in, we are tempted to either fight, to flight, or to freeze. And look, in various situations, fight, flight, or freeze can be the appropriate response. If you're out for a hike in the mountains and a bear appears on the trail in front of you, the appropriate thing for you to do is to flee. You should not keep heading in the same direction. You should turn around and go a different way. If you're trying to walk across the street, just as you step out into the road, a car appears out of nowhere, you should freeze. That'll help keep you alive. And look, if you've got friends 
in your life who try to trick you into eating ketchup chips, you should fight them over that. Don't put up with that. Fighting, fleeing, and even freezing can be the appropriate response in certain situations. It is not sinful to be afraid, but it is sinful to live in a spirit of fear. And I think too many people in our world today have given in to this spirit of fear. The evidence is all over social media. We've seen people who are getting into fist fights at the grocery store over supplies. We've seen people who have said, you know what, I'm supposed to be in self-isolation, but I don't really care. You can't take away my freedom. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And we've seen people who have just melted into a puddle of emotions and fear and anxiety over what's going on. They just believe that worst case scenarios are happening. I mean, have you been in our, our community's Facebook groups lately? There are people that clearly believe this is the opening scenes to The Walking Dead. It's not. All of that is a fear response. And I think God is calling us to a faith response. Now, you might be saying, well, Dan, I, I'm, that's not me. I'm not responding that way. And you're probably right. You're not getting into fist fights at the grocery store over the last roll of toilet paper. But can I tell you that this fight response, this temptation to respond in fear by fighting against other people, this can show up in more subtle ways in your life. If you go to the grocery store, for instance, and when you get there, you think to yourself, oh my goodness, I don't know how bad this is going to get or how long it's going to last. So I need to buy everything. You just panic buy everything on the shelf and you're hoarding supplies at home that you're never going to use. Do you know what you're really saying? You're saying we're in a fight for survival and it's me and my family against everyone else. And you know, I wish the best for you guys. I really do. But but when you get right down to it, I'm going to take care of my people, even if it's at everyone else's expense. That's a fear response. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you do not have to respond in that way. You can instead choose to respond in faith. If you respond in faith, you'd go to the grocery store and you would say, you know what? We live in a pretty scary time and I do need to make sure that my family has their basic needs met. And we have enough supplies to get through a couple of weeks in quarantine if we have to. But you'll remember that Jesus told you to love your neighbor as yourself. And so rather than buying up all those supplies and keeping them just for you, you'll choose to take only what you need and leave the rest for your neighbors so that they can meet their family's needs and stay healthy. That's a faith response. And I think it's what God is calling us to right now. Another way this fight temptation might show up in your life is like if you are feeling very, very stressed out because you're on lockdown, your nerves are getting frayed, you're getting short tempered, and you find yourself lashing out with harsh words, either at your spouse or your kids or the cat, I don't know. But if that's the response that seems to be bubbling up out of you, can I challenge you to consider that perhaps you have given into a spirit of fear and you are finding yourselves fighting against the situation instead of responding in faith to what God might be doing. And maybe you're not trying to flee to the mountains to live in a bunker, right? You're like, okay, I'll be here. I'll, I'll be in my home. I'm not going to run away and potentially spread the virus around. But you know what? You might try to flee in more subtle ways. You may not be able to flee physically, but you might try to escape mentally. 
I was reading the other day that uh, the government in Canada and in the U.S., or at least parts of Canada and the U.S., is now allowing marijuana and alcohol delivery to your home while you're in quarantine. Okay, there are going to be a lot of people that try to escape the reality that they find themselves in. They're going to drown their fears in a bottle, or there are going to be other people that just plop down on the couch and they hit play on Netflix, and they're just going to try to veg out until this whole thing is gone. Can I say to you, that's a fear response. And there's nothing wrong with treating yourself a little bit. There is nothing wrong with, you know, healthy diversions and things like that. But you don't have to escape reality in order to cope with reality. You can actually face the situation and circumstances we find ourselves in. You can look at full on and you can say, you know what? I'm going to get through this. Things are going to be okay because I know who's really in control. That would be the faith response that you should be exhibiting. And look, maybe you have not just, you know, dissolved into a ball of emotions. You're not freaking out totally in your mind, but it is possible. And I think many people at this point are saying, you know what, we should just hit pause on everything, including my life. And so I'm going to take my family. We're going to hunker down in the basement for the next few weeks or the few months, and we'll see how all of this shakes out in the end. But until then, we are just going to freeze in place and we'll see how everything shakes out. Can I challenge you not to hit pause on your life during this time? Can I encourage you to recognize that you can make a difference even from your basement. You really can. You can do something that matters in our world. You can even do things that will matter eternally if you make good use of the time that you've been given. What if you picked up the phone and you called somebody and you just said, hey, how are you doing? You were on my mind and I wanted you to know somebody is thinking about you. What a difference that would make if we were all receiving phone calls from people like that. What if you chose to take this extra time that you have and to pray for those who are in need? There are so many people in our world that have deep, real needs right now, and prayer has the power to change it. And so if we were to intercede on their behalf, then we really could see miracles happening in the world around us. Perhaps you should teach your kids a Bible story every day. Now, I know that might mean you have to learn Bible stories, but that wouldn't be a bad thing either, would it? You can actually use the time that you have instead of simply passing or even wasting the time that you have. As followers of Jesus, we will not fight. We will not flee. We will not freeze. Instead, we are going to respond with love. We are going to respond with compassion. And we are going to respond in confidence that God is present with us and he is for us. Because in the end, fear operates under the belief that life is out of control. That is really the driving force behind fear in our lives. But if we have faith deep down in our soul, we will believe that in all circumstances and situations, God is in control. And that would change how you approach the next several days, several weeks, and several months. If you believe deep down in your bones that you have a good father who is working out a plan that we may not understand right now, but we can trust, that will change the way you approach your uh, response to the COVID outbreak, to quarantine, how you treat the other people in, in your life. I mean, it will drastically alter the things that happen. So if you ask me, Dan... 
How should I respond when I don't know how to respond? What should I do when I don't know what to do? I would encourage you to feed your faith and not your fears.